What's going on, everyone? Jason here from Climbing the Pocket, and uh, this episode's going to be a little different than what they uh, they normally look like. It's not going to be all of us bantering, going back and forth. This episode is actually going to feature clips, first from Yinka, as he was live at the game. He's giving his thoughts from immediately after the game, um, and what he thought about things, and how it all went down. After that, we're actually going to have a couple bonus clips from JR that he recorded right before the game, breaking down his year-to-date thoughts on Kirk Cousins, and his thoughts on the emergence of Irv Smith. So uh, still a lot of great content, a lot of things we expect you to like in here, but it is a little bit different than what you'd normally come to expect from one of the episodes. Um, So we hope you enjoy. If you have any thoughts, feedback for us that you want to give, shoot me a line on Twitter at BrownJason. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Introverted noise. Hurry up, Daddy. Let's do it. Five seconds to go in the first half. Dante fires deep to the left. Moss caught it at the 11, but now he puts oh, it this. to oh, Mo Williams. Touchdown! You've got to be Hello, hello everyone. This is Saxy Prince. I'm coming to you after the game. The Vikings just beat Washington a 19-9. It was a very, very well-fought game. <laughs> kind of boring, to be to be a little honest, but you know the Vikings do get the job done and get the victory over Washington. A um, couple of quick notes from the game that I saw live, uh, and I wanted to bring you some of my thoughts. So, a um, couple of quick things that I, I definitely saw. Um, this was kind of a, a little bit more of a nail-biting game in, in the first half, I would say. Uh, a little bit closer than I was expecting this game to be. I kind of expected it to be a blowout. Now, granted, Case Keenum did go out um, after the first half with a concussion, so the Vikings were you know, kind of pulled away after that. Um, but before that, there, there was a little bit of... Um, there was actually a game that was happening for the first half of this game. It was a very low scoring, kind of a defensive battle. Um, the Vikings' offensive line was not looking great. A more particular, Pat Offline. He had several um, holding calls as well as he was allowing a lot of interior pressure. Um, and it was a little bit frustrating to have to watch because, honestly, I think Kirk Cousins had a very solid game. Um, he's, had, he's put together a string of games that's kind of led the Vikings to be on this win streak. And, I mean, I think Stefan Diggs probably had one of the quietest 143 yards, I believe, yard games that we, we've seen. Um, and it seems like him being so integral to the offense has really propelled this offense to be clicking as well as it has been over the last couple of weeks. Um, so, yeah, back to the offensive line. It was, it was again, it was really frustrating to watch um, them consistently get beat. And I, and I, wa- I worry about um, in the future – you know, when we are facing some of these these uh, you know tougher teams and whatnot, that this is going to become become a problem. Now, granted, it looks like Coop Fansky has has done a way to has found a way to make Kirk Cousins a lot more comfortable, and I and I think part of that is being running running through the offense through Stephon Diggs. Uh, Adam Thielen was out tonight, so he didn't really have a choice but to run it through um, through him. But ultimately speaking, uh, it, they were able to get the win. A couple of other notes that I saw at the game, um, Xavier Rhodes, uh, Xavier Rhodes has not had a good, um, he has not had a good season so far. Um, I think he's injured. Um, and I, and I don't know if they, the Vikings want to put that forth, but that I, I that, that's what it seems. They're having him play off coverage a lot more. So I saw him off, uh, off his man. He wasn't really pressing very often. And I think there's an issue with maybe he can't 
um, you know, there's an issue. I don't want to speculate, but maybe it's an issue with, you know, him being a little bit more physical at the line. That's not allowing him to, you know, do be the Xavier Rhodes that we know him to be and being that kind of Rhodes close shutdown corner. Um, so that's something to continue to monitor as we kind of get into this, this, you know, second half of the season. So with that being said, uh, more some some more thoughts on the game. It's Dalvin Cook is just a special back. Um, you know, obviously he was going toe to toe with Adrian Peterson, former Vikings running back for ten years, um, and it was special to watch because I think we spent so many years watching AP, you know, line up in the I formation behind a fullback, and you see Dalvin Cook be able to create um, just magic out of absolutely nothing. Sometimes uh, he's able to catch the ball. You know, you have some screen passes that he can. Um, you know, he really is looking to score every time he has the ball, and he's, he's that kind of playmaker that he he definitely can. Uh, so with that being said, I think it's really special to have. But, uh, you know, there Alexander Madison, I have, I have to give him some credit. He has been um, – I wasn't as down on the pick as, as others were, um, but he has definitely been more of a surprise as, you know, his training camp didn't look great. But so far he's been he's been a little bit more explosive than he was in training camp. Um, he just overall has been a really good complement to Dalvin Cook to spell him at, at times. So with the tandem of those two, it, it, it has been really great to watch um, both of them really uh, perform at a really high level. A couple of other things. I mean, now that the Vikings are, you know, we are have this little mini buy, that fact that we played on Thursday night. Um, the Vikings did end up signing uh, Davis to the active roster because Adam Thielen is currently hurt right now. So you wonder about what his status is after you know after we after this game, and we'll but we'll see obviously next week. A um, couple of other things: Marcus Shells was released, so the Vikings uh, will probably still need to make another a roster move because we are looking to have Holton Hill back, and I do think the Vikings are as thin as they are right now in the the secondary. Uh, and I say that they're thin because, again, I don't think Xavier Rhodes is, is completely um, healthy, as well as Trey Waynes has not really played very well. Um, I think they could use the, the boost having Holton Hill as just being another guy that they can rely on um, to, you know, kind of help him in the secondary. And speaking of secondary, uh, he tweeted it after the game, but J. Ron Curse is clearly not happy. This is his second game where he has not been involved at all. Um, and that might just be the fact that he is kind of a role player. He is that big nickel, um, you know, third safety uh, type guy. So, it, you know, it doesn't necessarily always leave room for him to be as involved as maybe he would like to be um, with the fact that Mike Hughes is playing so well. Um, and you obviously ha- you have Mackenzie Alexander there. It does it does lend itself that like there is going to be a casualty and it looks like Jay Rockhurst is that guy. And he's um, probably admittedly not happy about it because he has been tweeting about it. Um, but you know, we'll see what the next couple weeks have to show because I do think he, he has carved out a role as being that big nickel guy. Um, but you know, still surprising to see that he is, he's not, um, being put on the field. One thing of note that I also noticed while I was at the game is the Vikings are struggling to get a little bit of interior pass rush. Um, I know that Linval Joseph obviously is anchoring that middle, um, but Shamar Stefan really isn't helping too much in that interior, which to me feels like a little bit of a waste when you have guys like Daniil Hunter on the edge really trying to, to collapse that pocket, um, as well as Efferson Griffin, who's probably playing his best football that he's played in years. Um, and then you have Anthony Barr and Eric Kendricks who are playing at a, at a very, very high level. 
Um, I'm curious if the Vikings would, you know, employ Everson Griffin how they used to when Jared Allen was still around and, you know, kind of kick him inside and maybe have Anthony Barr um, on that edge. But or maybe even bring in Odenabo. But the Vikings do need to consider um, rotating some guys because right now we're not getting that interior uh, pass rush. And a guy like Case Keenum, I think one of the things he did do well when he was in Minnesota is he did a really good job um, escaping pressure. He was kind of a magician in the pocket and finding ways to buy time. And I think about, you know, the Vikings are going to be playing uh, Russell Wilson here in a couple weeks or playing, uh, you know, you have to play Aaron Rodgers again. Um, and, I, and I just worry about uh, their ability to hang with um, quarterbacks who have a little bit of mobility. So that's something that I think the Vikings need to address, uh, obviously, during this mini-buy before they have their, their actual buy in a few weeks. Uh, because you are going to be facing some some tougher talent, and I and I do think the um, the Vikings can get it figured out. But um, you know, with with the next couple of games on here, you it's I think it's really important that they do. All right, last couple of thoughts. Uh, great win, uh, tough win, uh, kind of a boring game to be perfectly honest. It was great to see Stefan Diggs light it up, um, but otherwise, I mean, the Vikings did what they're supposed to do. They were supposed to beat a team that they are better than. Um, and, but you know, you, you get a little concerned when, again, they're kind of going toe to toe with a team, um, like, like Washington for the first half of football. And, you know, obviously you can point to some of those weaknesses that I mentioned before. Um, but you know, you want to clean a couple things up before you, you know, you get back into facing teams. You don't want to take anything away from the Vikings. They won the game like they were supposed to. Um, but you know, the hope is that, you know, next time a team of, of that caliber they're facing, you kind of hope that they put the game away early and it just, you know, kind of becomes a, a game where Vikings fans can, you know, sip on their beers, relax, have a good time. Uh, I wasn't able to get any uh, Saxy Queen takes. My mother, I took her to the game. Uh, she had, um, you know, she had a couple thoughts. Uh, one thing she did say is just like, man, that Diggs guy, I really like him. <laughs> so it was... Uh, it, was, it was definitely fun to uh, hear her thoughts and whatnot. And, you know, maybe one pod, uh, I'll, I'll get her on a pod and, and have her share what, what she's thinking. She's definitely very animated. She loves football. Uh, but, yeah, that's all. that was all the takes that I had from the game. Uh, definitely a great game to go to. Um, Vikings fans came out, and, you know, they're really loud and whatnot. A um, couple of mistakes here and there, but I, I do think the Vikings can clean it up. So uh, this is Saxy Prince signing off. I appreciate everyone, and I had a great time. Night. Kirk Cousins has really been on a tear here lately, and it started a couple weeks ago back when the Vikings played against the Eagles at home. And we know the Zach Brown comments are really what fired him up, and we've seen a different type of player these past few weeks. And the one thing that I love about Kirk Cousins is that he is always going to do his best to stay on script and on schedule, but when things can go off schedule, there are some times where he can manipulate the pocket, keep his eyes downfield, and make some throws. Now, on the flip side of that, he has been a bit shaky when teams are able to get to him very quickly and very early. He becomes a bit rattled, and the pressure gets to him, and he starts seeing ghosts in a sense. And we saw Sam Darnold mention that uh, last week, on uh, last Monday night, I should say, against the Patriots. And seeing ghosts is not a bad thing. It's something that happens very periodically to quarterbacks to where they're just not seeing the field very correctly. Now, the thing that they have to adjust to is that you have to not have that carry over into 
future weeks, and that's what we're seeing with Kirk Cousins. He's been able to shake off some earlier rusty games in a sense that we saw earlier on this year. And the chemistry between him and offensive coordinator Kevin Stefanski has been – they have been working wonders together. And the thing that has helped the most is the effectiveness of Dalvin Cook and the threat that his legs impose as a receiver and also a running threat. We know how well he's been playing so far this year. And that's really helped the Vikings build off of their play-action packages. And they've been using what I like to call a clear-out concept to where they run guys strictly down the field, clearing out other areas in the short to intermediate areas. We've seen it with Adam Thielen. Stephon Diggs has had some deep shots down the field as well. So they're using these clear-out concepts off of play-action, and Kirk has always been his best when operating off of play-action just because of how well and effective Dalvin Cook has been. Just the threat of Dalvin now is bringing down these safeties and also these linebackers, and it's persuading them into running into areas where Dalvin Cook currently is, and it's opening th- throwing windows as a result. And that's that's exactly what Kirk Cousins has been able to take advantage of, and that's the biggest reason why he's had so much success the past few weeks. Now the biggest thing Kirk needs to do is being able to carry it over and show that consistency from week to week and show that fiery type of competitor that we love to see which he has shown that he has within him. Now it's just a matter of showing that consistency and stringing together games week after week. And if he's able to do that, I think the Vikings definitely are a contender in the NFC and maybe a contender for the Super Bowl later on in the year. One of the biggest surprises of the year so far has been the emergence of rookie tight end Irv Smith Jr. The second round pick has shown a well-rounded versatility in the Vikings offense to where he's really contributing as a receiving threat but the biggest surprise has been how well-rounded he is as a run blocker and for the most part he's been on the backside of some of those runs and for those that are not familiar with the zone blocking scheme there's a front side and the backside but all blockers are working in cohesion together to where everybody's moving in a singular direction trying to create certain angles for Dalvin Cook, Alexander Madison, Mike Boone, and also Amir Abdullah to create some of those gaping running lanes to where they have the vision to maybe there's a a backside cutting lane or if they can keep it frontside, just getting through some of those gaping lanes. With Irv Smith, he's been on the backside for the most part of those runs. So all those backside cuts that you see that are left untouched or uncovered, Irv Smith is definitely one of those guys that has helped create some of those lanes, and that is the biggest reason why he's been able to get on the field and and actually been able to stay on the field is because of how well-rounded he is as a run blocker. And we've seen with the Vikings in years past, whenever they draft a tight end, they're not just going to let them dominate in a singular direction or a single phase. And what I mean by that is they're not just going to let a pass catching tight end strictly be that or a run blocking tight end be that. With David Morgan in years past, Tyler Conklin, we've seen that they have been forced to be a dual threat. And that's exactly what the Vikings require of their tight ends. And that's why Irv Smith has been able to be an immediate contributor so far. We know what he can bring to the table as far as a receiving threat. But the run blocking aspect is what has caught many by surprise. And I thought he was wrongly labeled as being strictly a pass catching tight end coming out of Alabama last year. And we've seen that he can be a dominant, I don't want to say dominant, but he can be an above average type of run blocker that can move guys off their spots. He's very, very good with using his hands and getting guys off of their spots in certain areas. So Irv Smith Jr., I'm really excited about his rise now with Adam Thielen down for maybe multiple weeks with the hamstring. We'll see. He's already been ruled out of the Redskins game. We'll see if he does end up playing next week. But 
With him down, I expect Irv Smith to continue to be an incorporated part of the Vikings' offense, and I think he's only going to get better. I think we're only seeing him scratch the surface of his potential and what he can be, and we could see him eventually becoming the main threat at that tight end position now that Kyle Rudolph is a bit longer in the tooth, and even though the Vikings just signed him to a four-year extension, we could see Irv Smith in a pivotal role in that tight end one spot. There it is. That's the show. A little bit different than it normally comes together, but it came together all the same. Shout out to Saxy Prince for laying down his thoughts after the game. Props to JR for giving us those uh, awesome clips on Kirk Cousins and Irv Smith. And uh, props to all of our listeners. Thank you to all of you for sticking with us, listening, and, uh, and riding with us even when we do have these hiccups along the way. Uh, yeah, we will be back talking to you soon. Let's go Vikings.